WATD presents John Paul, the car doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900. Now, here's John Paul, the car doctor. Good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. My name is John Paul, the car doctor here to help you with your car problems on this uh, sort of overcast Sunday morning. Yesterday was such a beautiful day. Um, I actually went out and waxed my car yesterday. It was such a nice day. Uh, Now my back hurts. So if anybody has any good suggestions for back pain, I'll take it. Uh, But we got got a lot of things going on today. we will be talking to, I believe, Dan Strollo from the In Control Family Foundation. And also, uh, AAA has a new uh, membership plan. And it's really kind of interesting. It's called AAA Every Day. And it includes all the benefits of a AAA membership, with the exception of road service. So if you're somebody who lives in Boston or New York, if you live in the city and you don't you don't have a car but you want to take advantage of things like being able to go go into your local AAA office and renew your driver's license or you want to be able to um, get some of the discounts, hotel discounts and things like that, but you're like I'll never use AAA because I don't have uh, I don't have uh, a car or my car comes with roadside assistance already and I'm not I'm going to use I'm going to use that for the first 2 years I own the car whatever the case is. So it's called AAA every day. It's actually it's actually launching I believe on Wednesday. I think it's starting November 1st. We're we're one of the pilot clubs that's going to try it out. And uh, we're pretty excited about it. And it's and the other the other interesting thing about it is I think it's like twenty four dollars for the year. And but if you want to buy it monthly, you can buy it monthly, and it works out to like thirty dollars a year. But you can pay for it over the course of you know a month at a time. So if you were planning on doing some traveling, maybe you wanted to get a international driver permit, stuff like that, you can get it through AAA. But you can get a discounted membership. So pretty interesting idea. So th- we have that coming up. Uh, also, as Jesse pointed out when he was uh, talking about the weather, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good trick-or-treating weather, but you need to be careful out there. This is the uh, most deadly day for uh, child pedestrians. So if you're out there driving around, and we talked about it, we talked about it in the last couple of weeks. You know, be careful. Uh, you know, it is uh, it's one of those things you have to be really careful about. Jesse, any word from Dan? He's on the line waiting. He is. He's just waiting to talk to me. Is that what it is? He is. Well, well, so I, I. So I'm, I'm glad I, you talked to me. Yeah. I, well, I apologize then. Well, with us on the phone is uh, Dan Strollo, the president and executive director of the In Control Family Foundation. And Dan, good morning, and welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. Good morning, John. I'm sorry. Uh, I also waxed my vehicle yesterday, but my back is not killing me. So we'll have to see what you're doing wrong in the uh, wax on, wax off category. I, 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 I think I, I think it was a cumulative effect of a few things that I probably just added up and just uh, just did some stuff. So I I don't know. I, I um, um, I'm sitting here trying to be trying to be comfortable. And, but if you hear me moan and groan, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> or it's just old age. I don't. I don't know what it is. Like, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say at this point, I sleep sometimes and wake up hurt. So who knows what's going on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but tell us a little bit about what's going on uh, with uh, with your company and how things are going. I, I know uh, you you have uh, you have 
you know, this is this is the time of year where I don't know. Do people forget how to drive? Is that what happens in the fall? I'm not sure if they ever remembered in the first place, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. And, you know, AAA put out that press release last week or the week before about how staggering the teen crash rate has been and the death rate has been, you know, the worst it's been in a decade and the crash rate is up more than it's been in 15 years. And we're hearing a lot of that this time of the year. And, and, you know, so much of it is tied to inexperience with the young drivers. But there's a lot of stuff those of us who have plenty of experience and no excuses are continuing to do every day that are putting ourselves and others at risk. And, you know, you and I have talked about this before. And and just because you went to driver's ed and you passed the driving test at the at the registry or DMV, depending what state you're in, um, doesn't mean you learn how to drive. It takes it takes five or six years to become a reasonably competent driver, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the rule of thumb is a thousand hours kind of with driving and a lot of things is when you become experienced. But I'll tell you, I now have three of my four children have uh, passed a a road test. Um, I I will knock on wood here. We are crash free as as uh, as things go so far. But, you know, my daughter, my oldest, who's now 21, when she took the road test, it was a little over two minutes of driving. And I was kind of awestruck. And then my two sons, and we all know I, I love all my kids equally, just not necessarily at the same time. So the boys tend to be a little bit different when it comes to things like driving. And so their road test was twice as long, but uh, still passed with flying colors and went on to drive. And I did watch a few kids fail, but I, you know, I would assume that they passed the next time they took their less than five minute road test. And I can't, you know, hold the driving schools responsible for that. It's just as a society, mm. what do we think is going to happen if you're going to give somebody a test that lasts only a couple of minutes compared to countries that do hour long road tests and force you to go on highways and city streets and put it on a track and put the car in a skid and prove you can regain control. You know, we kind of get what we, uh, what we pay for there. And, you know, if you were, if you were, uh, you know, you know, boarding, uh, and we'll pick on JetBlue today, you know, boarding a JetBlue flight and the pilot said, hey, I just passed my pilot's test. I have three hours of flying experience. Yeah. Yeah. How would you feel? You know, it, it just, yeah. it, and, and that's it. We look at, you know, kids playing sports or preparing for, you know, tests or, you know, math classes that they take to get themselves prepared for college. We invest all this time and energy and money, and then we're, we're awestruck because, you know, they crash and it, it, with such high numbers. You know, what is it? Between 50 and 70% of these kids are crashing in the first two years of having their license. And I'll add to it, the part that really scares me is, you know, that 16 to 19 year group that is seeing such high crash rates over the last 15 years, the highest death rate right now is that 19 to 25. And they're not part of the community the same way. So if a kid at the high school gets into a crash and is injured, everybody talks about it because that's, kind of what happens but once they go off to college we don't necessarily even know unless your algorithm is set up that the you see the family's facebook post about it 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 just doesn't get discussed the same way so we kind of lose track of the fact that this really is the most deadly thing kids and and people do for many age you know groups uh under the age of like 45 what happened didn't wasn't the united states like in the top five of safe driving countries at one point 1970s, we were number one. And you know where we are today? 
I don't know, number 50? I don't know. It's close. Yeah, it's usually like 38 to 42, somewhere in that number. And all these things. John, we're one of the worst states in the country for seatbelt use. That makes no sense to me. We're supposed to be so intelligent here, but we just, we, a lot of the stuff that goes on, we take driving for granted. We don't recognize the importance of really certain aspects. Certainly, you know, there's a lot of talk of driving distracted. I like to refer to it as driving, you know, we want people to drive engaged because it isn't just cell phones that distract people. You've got the story of the guy making pancakes in the, yeah. the passenger seat while driving around. You know, it's, like, it's amazing what people, they look for other things to do behind the wheel when they really should just be driving. Yeah, I I remember driving to work one day and I saw one of my coworkers and he was flipping through back when people read the newspaper, but flipping through the paper, you know, it was sitting on a steering wheel, you know, and he and he was folding it like uh, somebody who takes the tea, you know, folding it up in little squares yeah. so he could have it sitting on the steering wheel. And we got, you know, we got to work and he was behind me and you know walking in. I'm like, what the heck were you doing? And he goes, ah, driving's pretty easy and boring. And he says, I was just keeping up on the sports scores and what's going on. So when I get to work. I can, you know, talk about, you know, current events or whatever the case. I said, you're going to end up as a current event. You know, you're going to, yeah. You know, and it's just one of those, it's one of those things that you, you know, you do have to, you know, pay attention while you're behind the wheel and, and just, and focus on your, the only job you have when you're driving is just to drive. What can, what can in control, uh, and for people, um, websites, driveincontrol.org, right? Correct. Correct. Yep. If, if what what can what can your program do for people and you know we'll we'll bring up my former producer at another radio station Dennis who we generally referred to as Crash um, you put him I'm really hoping as a new nickname now that we've worked with him uh, he he is I, I as far as I know in the many years that have gone by uh, the only thing he would happen to any vehicle he owned. Uh, someone backed into a car while it was parked in a parking lot. That was about it. So he's, you know, he went from a crash every six months to, uh, you know, doing real well. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. And I don't try to pretend that this is some crazy, you know, uh, snake oil that you can put on yourself and you're going to be perfect. But we really do have a record of drastically reducing crashes. Even if folks, you know, people will go through the course and then find themselves in a situation a year later or two years later and reach back to us and say, I had never had a scenario like this come up, but had I not worked with you guys, I would have been in a lot of trouble. So real brief, the In Control Family Foundation is a 501c3. We're a nonprofit. I'm the executive director of it. And our goal is to reduce crashes, you know, primarily here in New England, but we do travel the country sometimes. We have people come in from, I think we've hit 40-something of the 50 states at this point in a number of different countries. But what we, you know, our goal is through closed course hands-on training to reduce crashes and then community engagement. And you and I, in fact, you know, pre-pandemic, I think we used to bump into each other quite a bit. Um, it's a weird world now where there just still aren't as many presentations and whatnot in communities as there used to be. But we'll go out and we'll do presentations in partnership with other organizations or, you know, we've got some driving programs that we do as community visits now where we have our instructors drive, but we give people rides and show them some things about how the car behaves. And so all those are goals to try to reduce crashes. Our course is kind of what we're most known for. We call it crash prevention training. Uh, crash prevention training 101 really is where we start with folks. And it's a four and a half, five hour program. They're actually going on today in Weymouth. Um, we, we're hoping to visit some other places, but right now we're primarily working in Weymouth. 
and we'll take drivers of all ages. You can be, you know, just about to get your permit is kind of where we prefer to see new drivers. But we also, we've had a 94-year-old student, and we train drivers kind of every age in between. And we put you through emergency situations, teach you how to regain control of the vehicle, try to teach you a little bit of muscle memory, maybe some, in addition to skills, we've got the right instinctual reactions. And then ultimately, hopefully expose you to some of the dangers so that you don't put yourself in that position in the first place. You know, it all starts with the certain things. And this isn't, like you pointed out, it just isn't for kids, but you also do uh, programs for uh, commercial drivers as well as um, uh, first responders, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I got into this with four kids and, and how horrific the crash rates were back in, geez, now 2008 when we were first, when I, this program's been going since 2003. But when I got involved, the rates, the crash rates were through the roof. There was a lot of discussion across the country about changing driver's ed primarily. And, you know, I really wanted to work with more teens, and I still, that's my passion. But in the pandemic, we sh- I fired myself. I fired everybody I worked with. Then I volunteered to keep the doors open for a while so that we could hopefully, re- you know, come back. And I looked at things and said, we need to spend more energy training Monday through Friday. It's easy to work with these kids on the weekends and families, but... We need to make sure we've got enough dollars coming in to keep the doors open. And so there's something out there called the Workforce Training Fund that we literally, if your company has under 100 employees, it's free to train. If you have over 100 employees, we can also make it free. But the, the express grant that these folks offer, literally in three weeks, you've got approval and, and we can train your group. So we're doing a lot more commercial training uh, Monday through Friday, which is great. A lot of, you know, law enforcement training, ambulance companies, um, Everybody, you'd be blown away by, you know, the variety of crashes that take place within law. I mean, you know, the number one killer of police officers is not guns. It's car crashes. Um, There's a lot of opportunity to help save lives in those areas. Yeah, it it really is. And uh, for a while, and and I'm kind of embarrassed I don't have the answer. Um, If you went through your program, it was the only program, I believe, you could save some money on Massachusetts insurance. Is that still active? Yeah, there's still discounts. It, it varies by carrier. And, um, you know, there's, for the most part, I think it's something like if you're an experienced driver, somewhere like 60% of the market gets a discount with their existing insurer. You can always change insurers, I guess, if you wanted to. And then um, if you're a new driver, it's more like 80-something percent of the market. So there's great discounts out there, and it's, it's, it's in addition to other discounts. So it's not like if you take traditional driver's ed as a young kid, you get some discounts off your insurance. This is in addition to that. But at the end of the day, you know what I tell folks, it, our, it's strange. Like the expense and then the return is huge. If uh, we're a nonprofit, so we ask people if they can afford to pay the $350 for the course, great. If they can't, we have financial aid. We have special you know, subsidies available from different insurers. Uh, if you're with safety insurance, for example, it's only $75 to train, and then they give you 5% off your auto insurance. But ultimately, if you can't afford it, we've got financial aid. So we say to folks, just we don't want money to be the issue that gets in the way. But what tends to be the issue, I call it a combination of apathy, because for whatever reason, even though we expect our kids to crash, you'll hear parents say it all the time. Unfortunately, I hear it too often from parents who've lost a child, and they're like, I knew they'd crash. I just didn't think they would die. And I you know, I'm st- I've met hundreds of parents now who've lost kids, and it's devastating. I mean, I, it destroys the family. So you've got that whole side of it. But then you've also got just, you know, 
they think it'll be a crash. It's not that, you know, we got them a big car or whatever their thought process is on it. And my solution is, A, train them as much as you possibly can, but also don't just get a big car. That doesn't necessarily solve the problem. You want the car that has the best safety. I, I hope the new driver in the family is driving the newest vehicle in the family because then they've got a best, better chance. Because like we said before, you need a 1,000 hours before you're truly experienced. And for some reason, people seem to think once they get that license, they're an expert driver. Yeah, no, we'll just we'll give we'll give the new driver Grandpa's Crown Vic that had you know has uh, <laughs> has you know barely has seatbelts in it and uh, yeah and that's un- unfortunately that's what a lot of people do and yeah. you know you brought up the thing about you know uh, businesses uh, you know my my producer Jesse owns a small business he has delivery drivers uh, so his company would be eligible to send folks through absolutely yeah jesse touch base with me after this and i'll tell you we have the link to it on our website but you fill out a 15 minute form and three weeks later it covers the cost of your training and it's interesting because it's not just for it's workforce training so the objective is to give people skills and they really like us we've done a lot of really good things for various companies across massachusetts but when you think about it if somebody drives to work what would you do if you lost your number one salesperson or the office manager or somebody, if they even if they're injured in a crash and not killed, you're, that really impacts your business. So it's worth the investment. You, if you've got three employees and the four of you want to go get trained, you can apply for that grant and we'll get it done. Yeah, it, it really it really does make sense. And, um, and you try to take advantage of the weather. There's no such thing as a snow day at InControl, right? No, I mean, I, well, I try not to brag, yeah. but in addition to uh, being the executive director, I'm also the plow truck operator. So our goal is we'll clear the snow most of the time. Now, we do offer a winter driving program, but I'll tell you, the way the snow has been, you know, it's a timing thing. We, if we get too much snow, i got to go clear it because we need it clear for the next regular class. And if we don't get enough snow, i got to clear it just because it's not going to get the job done. So it really just depends what the weather's like. But we, it's been a, probably two years since we've done one of the winter classes, but we run our regular program year round. In fact, December is our busiest time of the year. And can you can you teach me how to back up my boat? We can. We have the trailer class that we used to only offer for companies, but we started offering it on our public calendar, and it's become a really popular class. We've got the trailering, and then we've got something else we call close quarters maneuvering. And that close quarters maneuvering is more of a you don't feel comfortable, you know, with something as simple as a. Uh, parallel parking, but just we're going to focus on how to really manage your vehicle in tight spaces. And again, that's another thing that's been really popular. Ambulance companies, you know, big companies, anybody that's worried about, you know, they have to do deliveries. That's always been a part of their training. And we started offering it to the public and it's been a very popular class. Yeah, no, I mean, any anytime you can improve your skill on anything, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, my wife and I, both went through your course she got into a crash uh eight years ago and um you called me up and like what the heck happened your wife gave us a bad review and i and i talked to her about it i said how come you gave them a bad review i said it was a great course and and she said well they asked me to do stuff i wasn't comfortable doing and i said well that's the entire point of the course that you're you're going to be put in scenarios that you don't normally get into and then she kind of rethought it and said 
Yeah, I guess that really was a good idea. So. Well, in her defense, too, she actually gave us a decent number review, but her comment was so confusing. I remember calling you. I was like, yeah. oh, what did we do wrong? But <laughs> yeah. no, and that is, I'm not going to lie. I mean, most of the people there don't want to be there. If you're a 16 or 17-year-old kid or your employer told you you have to go, the first 15, 20 minutes are typically a lot of unhappy faces. But usually, I would say 90 to 95% or more of the folks after that first 20 minutes are smiling, they're trading, you know, email or, or, you know, Instagram handles to keep in touch with each other, and it's kind of a shared experience. And we've had more than a few kids who got dropped off by their parents call their parents and say, can you come back like they said you could come and watch? Because they're kind of like, my parents don't necessarily drive very well. I mean, you, you got to understand, once they turn that car seat around, those kids are watching you. And they recognize as they start to learn how to drive safely that maybe their parents weren't modeling the best behavior. Yeah, so we, we get a lot of really good feedback from kids and adults. You know, you you use two of my best uh, training lines: is you know, model good behavior for your for your kid. I I remember uh, I was I was in stop and go traffic at a light that was a uh, had a red arrow to go left i was heading in that direction i slowed down and stopped for the yellow light and uh and a woman behind me with her teenage daughter in the car just laid on her horn and i just sort of had my arm out the window and casually pointed up at the red light and and she yelled you should have gone through it and i'm like come on is that what you really want to teach your 17 year old daughter that you know well you know The issue we have with all of this stuff is it's the same with what goes on online with people saying terrible things about each other. It's like there's something about being behind the wheel where we we aren't really human anymore. We don't you know, we would never stand next to a person and yell something like that. But in the car, we take on a different personality. And I I hope that we can get to a point where that's not the case. I really think there's, there's a number of these things where we think we own the road or that we think everybody else is doing it wrong, where if we just didn't build those horrible relationships behind the wheel, uh, it would be a safer place, uh, among all the other things we do wrong, like not staying engaged. Yeah, absolutely. And you said, you know, once you, you know, and and I, I always just put this put the statement together, you, you know, your kids been watching you since the day you took them home from, from the hospital. Not really true, because hopefully they're rear-facing for the first couple of years of their life. But, but still, the idea is that, you know, they're in your car a lot. And, you know, again, model that good behavior, you know, do do all the things you're supposed to do and and do it because it's the right thing to do. And it's the right thing to be able to to teach your kid because they're going to be behind the wheel and they're going to be behind the wheel. And it is a dangerous place for them without experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, you said primarily the classes are being held in Weymouth at the uh, uh, former South Weymouth Navy base, right? That's correct. We, I think in the spring we're hoping to go out to Western Mass a few times. Our site in north of Boston was purchased by Amazon. Um, but I'll be honest, is, is, you know, it, traffic-wise, especially if you're doing this on the weekends or when we do our weekday classes for a company, we tend to work around their schedule. Um, it, it, getting to us has not been that big a deal, and it's a one-day thing, so we're not making them come back and forth a bunch of times. But primarily we're operating out of Weymouth and, and you know, Seven day, we usually, like there's a class going on right now, we'll usually have a Saturday or a Sunday. Uh, that school vacation week coming up in December is a generally our busiest time of the year between sports being over and, you know, kids coming home from college and 
parents taking the week off. You know, anybody who's thinking of doing it, that calendar's up right now. Go ahead and sign yourself up while you can because they will definitely fill up. And, uh, you know, we, again, we want to tell people, it, you know, it, it's, it is expensive. It's, you know, $350, but there are deals to be had here. But way cheaper than, a, than an expensive video game. Yeah. I mean, when you talk to these kids about, you know, my, my youngest keeps wanting to get a new cell phone and sees these ads, you know, where you get a free cell phone when you turn another phone in. And I'm like, but you've got to pay for that new plan for a couple of years. That's a couple thousand dollars. If you buy that phone outright, it's going to be a couple thousand dollars. And parents are doing that with their kids all the time. And yet, you know, and again, I've, I've, same, same kid is getting signed up for a clinic for field hockey. It's 400 bucks way more than what we're asking people to cover the cost of. And in the, the trouble with what we do is between insurance and paying to rent an airport and all those other things, we go through tires every seven days. I have, This is one of the most expensive things I've ever been a part of. And our last year surplus was $350. That's, the, that's what profit's called in the nonprofit world. So we're not gold plating the walls or anything like that. We're just trying to save lives and get as many people trained as we possibly can because we know, it, you know, the insurance companies aren't giving out discounts because they just like to be nice. Right. We know we are reducing the crash rates for people who go through the program. So, if, and, and whether you've ever crashed, you know, it, it, that's how the insurance companies look at it too. If there's an organization that hasn't had a lot of crashes, statistically they're due. So let's get it. But if we, we have companies that, you know, in Massachusetts, there's the high risk pool. It's called CARS. And there are a lot of companies that are forced to pay an unbelievable amount of money for their insurance. We have helped people get out of that high-risk pool and avoid it altogether. They've been told, due to your crash rate, you're probably going to have to go into it next year. They decide to train with us, and they're able to stay out of it. We've got one that hasn't had a crash since. They were averaging a crash every six months, wow. and they haven't crashed in, I think, it's eight or nine years. So it really it's worth it. I can't guarantee it's always going to be that way. I mean, we certainly have had graduates who've uh, gotten into fender benders afterwards, but we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from them even that they thought the crash would have been worse. Yeah. We just want you to have these skills and experiences. No, it, it absolutely makes sense. And, and again, for anyone who's, you know, who, who has concerns, has thoughts, uh, it, it, is a, it is a great program. I've been through it. A lot of people I know have been through it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great program, and it's something that sticks with you. It's like muscle memory. It sticks with you. Um, and uh, we just want people to be safer on the road. And you've been kind enough. You emailed me a gift certificate, which we are going to give away on the program awesome. and i and i appreciate that we're going to do that uh so that that's going to be a fun thing to do so we have that coming up uh dan the website again driveincontrol.org people can learn about it read about it find out everything there is going on and including that uh you know 300 dollars profit at the end of the day are you getting any help with tires by the way is uh, any, any of the tire it's companies funny you say that you know and in fact i'm going to follow up with you separately because the tires we use have they're no longer we we work with sullivan tire but the tires that we've been using are no longer being made and it's putting us in a little bit of a difficult situation long uh you know not worth the long story here but you know we either got to buy some expensive performance tires that will last as long or understand that we may only start to get three days of training out of our tires instead of seven Mm. so we got to come up with a solution there so i may pick you know pick your brain a little bit for thoughts all right Hey, Dan, I want to thank you for taking all the time out of your Sunday morning and joining us on the Car Doctor program here on 95.9 WATD.
Always a pleasure, John. Thank you. All right. Take care. Dan Strollo, president of the In Control Family Foundation, driveincontrol.org. We need to take a break and pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is a Car Doctor program. If you want to give us a call, 781-837-4900, and talk about whatever's on your mind about cars, driving, weather, I don't know, wax on, wax off, or how to fix my back problems. Any one of those, you can give us a call and we'll talk to you about it. Uh, we'll, we will be right back. You'll listen to the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the car doctor program on 95.9 WATD. Our phone number is 781-837-4900. 781-837-4900. I want to thank again Dan Strollo for joining us on the program today uh, and talking about... uh, driving safe i mean halloween safety you know halloween's in a couple of days you're going to see kids running around uh dangerous time for them too so uh just just be careful um heard from heard from uh, i can I, i'm going to say kind of an old friend for for one one of a better word um and it's um when we when we look at geez, um, when we when we look at some of the stuff that we do and you know some of the products that we we try out one of them is wax oil and we heard we we heard from uh, our buddy over at wax oil and uh, he sent me a little note about uh, save the date and um, you know what what is going on next year so you know a long time from now but june 15th and 16th uh in cooperation with the framingham history center the city of of framingham many museums collectors and clubs in new england will be featuring vehicles made in massachusetts particularly those made in framingham of the seven million vehicles made in mass 4.7 million of them were made in framingham uh that was the kind of genesis of the automobile in the u.s on july 15th at Village Hall in Framingham Corner, they're going to tell a story through seminars, history, uh, you know, stuff from plant workers, people that people that basically built their own cars, I guess, at the GM plant. Um, an exhibition developed uh, with the support of the Framingham History Center will feature the video of the uh, first meet in 1940 at Raceland. But this sounds like it's going to be a good time, and they're going to have some really great vintage cars there so we'll we'll be talking to ken lemoyne about that uh you know as we as we get closer to you know april may and june and again i met ken through he's been a rep for a a bunch of different products and one of the products is wax oil wax oil is a uh, rust preventative uh system basically it's a it's a hard wax and a uh something that is uh uh designed to spray within 
cracks and crevices of your car to keep it from rusting out. In fact, my Hyundai apparently is being recalled because of rust, and um, they're using what looks like wax oil to make it a make it a car that won't rust away. I looked under my car. I can't get it done before I head to Florida, which I'm going to do soon, I hope. And I can't get it into the dealership to get it done. So I may, I, I may wax oil it myself. Uh, but uh, let's talk. Uh, let's go. Let's go to the phones. Our phone number again, 781-837-4900. Let's talk to Rusty. Rusty, welcome hey. back to the Car Doctor program. Hey, John Paul. Thanks again, my friend. I, I wanted to give you an update. I'm the gentleman that had that Prius with um, 227,000 yep. miles. Yeah, and and and, and and ended up with a Toyota Corolla. I did. Yes. You know what happened? Yep. The dealership actually called me on Thursday, and they they found the problem with the um, the Prius. It was confirmed. It was the head gasket in the uh, second yep. cylinder was cracked. Yep. So I wanted to give you the update on that. Oh. But I just have a question, John Paul, regarding this Corolla. I mean, it's going to take a while to get used to because it's a 2022. It's got all these bells and whistles in it. Just, do you think I can get like 300000 out of it like I did with the Prius almost? You know, it, there's there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to. I mean, it, it is such a dependable little engine. Uh, that engine has been around in one form or another for, I don't know, 20 years, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, regular oil changes, the right kind of oil, um, synthetic oils, you know. Right. Uh, I, always uh, use, yep. I always use yep. mobile one synthetic yep. oil. That's what my yep. shop usually yep. does. But Because, yep. um, you know, this car also came with lifetime, like, oil, like, you know, like the first four years yep. of oil changes through the dealership. I figure I'm going to bring it to my mechanic at the first 5000 so he can tear it apart just to inspect it and everything. Right. Since I bought, you know, yeah, I and, and one of the thing, one of the things about the uh, kind of the free, it's sort of front. It's, sort it's, of, it's not free. It's, it's yeah. filled into the price of the yeah. card. I yeah, the yeah, exactly. Like four and, grand. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, and the other the other thing is, even though it says it's free, sometimes what that really means it's kind of funny. It's like, say for we're, we're going to use it. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah we're going to use the example of the manufacturer says on your car mm-hmm. you can change the oil once a year or every ten thousand miles, but right. yet, but yet, and that's what they're going to give you. They're going to give you that once a year or ten thousand mile oil change. Where if you went mm-hmm. in to get an oil change. They would stick a sticker on the windshield that says "Come back in four thousand miles." So yeah, it is. It is kind of interesting what you get for free versus what you get for, uh, you know, you know what you what you would normally pay for. I remember when I bought my little Hyundai. It came with four years, or it came with. Uh, I think it came with four free oil changes, and I did them like mm-hmm. every thirty five hundred miles. And they're like, "Well, mm-hmm. you know, you 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 know, this is supposed to last you for like three years." And I'm like, "No, I'd rather just change the oil a little bit more often, especially since you're doing it." So, yeah, right. And that's what I figured. I just told, like I said, I'll bring the first oil change by mechanic because it's always mobile one. He'll tear the car apart and inspect right. it. And I was just, I, I just figured, you know, I just got kind of curious when they called me, and I was just then. I have to bring the car into the body shop anyways next week because I bought, you know, it, it, I bought it used with just some scratches and everything that yep. was bothering me. The only part that bothers me is that there's some hail damage. My body guy's like, yeah, I could do that, but it'll cost you an extra grand. I can, I'll just, I'll just pay the five hundred to clean up the front, the side door that's all yep. scratched up. So. If if it's if it's hail damage that the paint didn't break, you might want right. to look into paintless dent removal. I saw that too. I just didn't know. I, I looked at all this, and I was just like, "There's so many." Um, um, 
uh, types of items for that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. man, I got to yeah. take care of like, the paint yeah, shop I, first I, that the body I, shop's going to do. Yeah, and your body shop guy may even have a, a paintless dent removal person that they use because some sometimes they do. I'll give you two examples of having it done when my wife's, uh, 2015 Volkswagen was brand new. It looked like mm-hmm. a shopping cart hit dead center in the driver's door, and mm-hmm. it put and it and it looked like someone hit it with a golf ball. It was a pretty good sized ding okay. right in the door, and I brought it to a uh, paintless dent removal guy who I just happened to you know see advertised out in front of a car wash or something, and I'm like I don't know mm-hmm. if this guy's fly by night or whatever the case is, and. I walked around trying to find him, and he was working out of a little one-car garage. But then I looked in the parking lot, and there's a literally a 60-foot-long tractor-trailer with this guy's name on the side of it. Apparently, he of like he chases hailstorm damage. So I'm like, well, this guy's actually pretty professional. I wasn't sure what I was going to get. And, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of set it all up, and I said, how much is it going to be? And he goes, eh, it's going to be, he takes a little tape measure kind of thing, and he goes, eh, it's going to be $75. And I'm like, okay. So I said, you know, hey, I'm going to go walk down the street and grab a Coke. You want something? And he's, yeah, okay. So I literally, like, walked four minutes down the street to the CVS, got it, got two drinks, walk back, and the car's sitting out front. It looks perfect. And I'm like, well, first off, that was the fastest $75 I ever spent, and it came out perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. and in f- that car now sits in Florida in front of mm-hmm. our little tin shack we have in Florida. And last year there was Hurricane Ian where the car got, even though it was under a car cover in a carport, it got about $1,800 worth of damage. Most of the mm-hmm. damage was um, from flying debris. I brought it mm-hmm. to a, I brought it to a paintless dent removal guy, um, and he's like, "It's going to take me a whole day to do this car. It's going to be about a thousand dollars." And as opposed to the body shops, and most of them weren't open because they all had damage. The roofs were blown off right. or whatever. So they they I couldn't I couldn't get it done anyway. Most of them, the couple that were open said, "Yeah, maybe in April." Um, I, I got the car back. They took care of all the dents. And mm-hmm. what was nice is you didn't have to worry about color match because it right. never it never affected the paint. So I got the car back. It looks it looks fine, and uh, it came it came out good. So you know maybe that's an option you might want to consider. I, I never thought of that, but thank you. Like I said, I, I'm yeah. always looking. For, like I said, this is just new to me, so I'm just yeah. trying to. Point yep. everything and just yep. go through the motions. No, and, and and even though the car is, you know, we'll, we'll call it brand new, just about. Um, you know, it, it's not unusual to have to spend a little bit of money to get it exactly where you want it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that could be anything from I don't like the floor mats that are in it to I want to upgrade. You know, I want to put better speakers in it because I like listening to the radio or you know whatever it is that's going to make you happy, including you know change. You know, looking at filters and fluids to know where the baseline is where okay this is what i know has been done to the car um now i know where to start so i know that in two years i'll change the air filter in three years i'll change the cabin filter or i or i know i don't have to worry about the transmission fluid because you know toyota is going to say it's it's good for life but maybe i want to look at it and see how it's doing anyway just because and and one last thing john like i shouldn't go with the k&n air filter for the um for the corolla i you know I, I think yeah I think I think the you know I think the Toyota factory paper filter is a nice filter you know mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean the K K and N absolutely. Um, you know, if if it's just a drop in replacement, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a good filter. There's no question. It, you know, it will. You know, they'll tell you it'll filter down to you know a billion microns or whatever the case is. But right. uh, but yeah, I mean, I would. Um, I, I I the the factory filter does a nice job too. I would be I would be a little bit careful about some of the aftermarket filters. So I I. I try to use even even on my little Hyundai I have. I try to use the factory filters. I use the factory oil filter whenever I can, right, and okay. I use the factory air filters whenever I can. I couldn't find a factory air filter, engine air filter, so I went to the local auto parts store. I think I bought three, and none of them fit right. Um, mm-hmm. Finally, I I. I ordered one online that was supposed to be an exact replacement. It didn't fit right, but I was able to take the gasket around the top of the old one off, put it on the new one, and then it then it ended up fitting okay. But, um, it, you know, so just be a little careful with some of the aftermarket ones. Uh, that as long as, they, as long as they look like they're an exact fit, um, the idea they're going to filter better and, you know, that's, that's okay, but I think the Toyota one works just fine. All too. right. Well, no, I, was okay. just, I was just throwing it yep. out there, but yep. thank you very no. much. Okay. All right. Take care, Rusty. Bye bye. Have a good week. Yeah, bye bye. Our phone number again, 617 837 617 781 837 4900. Our mobile home in Florida, and two years ago, I decided since I live a hundred yards from a boat ramp, I should buy a small boat. So I bought a small boat, and um, I, I although I haven't been notified directly, I understand the boat has been recalled, and it got recalled because apparently it's it will sink, which is not good if you own a boat. You don't want to have it sink. And uh, it has something to do with flotation and port side flotation specifically. So if the boat does, you know, gets filled with water and everybody's standing on the left side of the boat, I don't know, maybe it will go over. I, I don't know what the case is. But the repair is to take off the seat cushions. And it's only a little boat. It's only a 15-foot boat. This is to take off the seat cushions and cut holes in the side of the boat uh, that appear to be a boat. 8 inches by 12 inches long and stuff it full of styrofoam and then put the seat cushions back on and I called up uh, a couple of different dealers and said to them, have you done any of these yet? No no one I had talked to had done done the repair yet but I said, I've seen some pictures online and it literally looks like someone hacked into the side of the, the boat with a sawzall and then stuffed it full of styrofoam, I guess and uh, and then they just leave the holes open with the idea they're going to be covered over by the seat cushions, which to me is a horrible repair. And, you know, I'm used to recalls on cars that, you know, my, let's see, since I've owned my Hyundai, it's been recalled two and a half times. Um, the half time is that although it's not a recall, it did have the anti-theft because it's a very basic car. It didn't have the it didn't have push button start so it has the key switch which uh, which has been reported online that if you smash the ignition 
which is not all that difficult to do. If you have a big screwdriver and a hammer, I guess you can smash the ignition. And then you can get the car to start once you take the lock out of the way. Well, uh, in other models of vehicles, and not all of them, but other models of vehicles, um, you the key has an immobilizer chip in it. So what they did is uh, they came up with a fix and what it requires is a software change that when you, there has to be a key uh, in the ignition for the car to start. So if there's no ignition switch, the car isn't going to start. So even though you yank the, the lock out of the way, you turn the ignition switch and it's not going to start. So, uh, so it needs a key. And that's what apparently the same model car had in Canada, but they opted not to put it in, in the United States for whatever reason is. So that's the half a recall. The other recall was an issue with the anti-lock brakes. Uh, there was a fuse that got wet, and it could corrode, and it could start a fire. And the fix was they put a new fuse in, and they put a new uh, cover on the fuse box, and that was a repair. And the third one is an issue with premature rusting, and it's only in salty weather states. So, you know, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, maybe as far as New York. And because of all the stuff we put on the roads to prevent icing, that can cause some rust and corrosion to the vehicle. And uh, they, they look at it, and if it's not rusted, they undercoat it with something that looks like wax oil. So a pretty reasonable repair. In fact, one of our listeners from New York or New Jersey had a issue with his Hyundai, uh, pre a, a much older model where it rusted away. He actually didn't know about the recall, or he didn't know that it would get fixed. I guess his deal, his mechanic looked at it and said, "Hey, you know the front cross member is all rusted out on this thing. You, you really need to fix it." So he ended up paying to get it fixed, and then he found out about a recall later on. I helped him with the recall. He ended up getting reimbursed. I think it was like 1200 bucks. He got reimbursed from his mechanic. And kind of a funny thing, he was going back and forth, back and forth with uh, Hyundai about it. And they kept, it sounded like he was going to have to start all over again. And he got an email. His He decided he was going to go trade that car in. Uh, he got an email from Hyundai that said, your check is in the mail just as he was about ready to sign for the new vehicle and he was happy cuz he was getting he was getting a uh, he was getting a uh, a new vehicle he was getting reimbursed for the work he had so he was all happy the way it happened in fact uh, i just worked with somebody else with Hyundai to get a, a new engine in a car that was slightly outside of the engine warranty and it was uh, so that was taken care of and they ended up with a new engine so Hyundai is pretty responsive uh, when you email them same thing with uh, Honda uh, Honda actually one of our Listeners had an issue with Honda not having parts availability or something going on. I emailed the PR person at, uh, at Honda. They kind of double-checked with their uh, warranty people and got a phone call. Yeah, we're going to take care of it. And it was something that was under warranty. They just said it was going to be going to take quite a while before they could get it in. They got bumped ahead a little bit. Uh, you know, not. I think it. Anybody could have done that. But it was just a matter of they got the phone call back. And sometimes dealing with automated attendance and third-party systems, it gets a little bit difficult. So, uh, so you know, uh, but the idea of uh, cutting big holes in a boat to fix it just doesn't seem like a good way to do it for me. Our phone number again, 6, uh, 781. Why do I keep saying 617? 781 837 
800-781-837-4900. Let's take another quick break. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Phone lines are open at 781-837-4900. We'll be right back. In your life, they... AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour, 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. Uh, tire pressure monitor systems. We've had we- we've had wacky weather lately. What was it? It was like 75 degrees yesterday. It was beautiful out yesterday. Today it's cloudy and overcast. I think uh, Wednesday there might be frost. Um, crazy weather. And this is the kind of weather where your tire tire pressure monitor light comes on so all of a sudden you think your tires are properly inflated they've been properly inflated for the whole time you don't really think anything of it all of a sudden you come out the weather changes boom tire pressure lights on you get all panicky what should i do uh well first off just to be aware tire pressure monitors generally do a really good job of tracking the tire pressure in your car now there are two different kinds there's one called direct and one called indirect now, indirect tire pressure monitors use the uh, car's anti-lock brake system. And what it does, the computer can measure how long it takes for a tire to roll. So if you have one low tire and three that are good, the tire pressure light's going to come on. And it's going to say, go check your tires because one of them's low because that low tire rolls at a different speed than the other three. Now, if you have four low tires, it's not going to know any difference. It's going to go, I guess they're okay because they're all rolling the same speed. It's unusual you would ever have that happen, but it is possible. The direct tire pressure system monitors use a radio transmitter that sits inside the wheel, and there's an antenna somewhere on the car. A lot of times it's built into the side view mirror, and what it does, a little radio signal transmits from the tire, to the car to say how much air pressure is in the tire. Now, it will turn the light on typically when the tire pressure is off about five pounds. So you're happily driving along and your tires are underinflated by four pounds. You're supposed to have 33 in the front and 32 in the back. And you have, um, you have 29 in the front and 30 in the back. Tire pressure lights out because everything is, according to the system is normal. Well, the weather changes, you lose about a half to one pound of air for every 10 degree drop in temperature. So if the temperature goes from 70 degrees like it was yesterday or 75 degrees like it was yesterday to 40 degrees, which it might be on Wednesday, you can lose three more pounds of air pressure. Bing, the light comes on, you think something's wrong. Well, it is. Your tires are underinflated, but they were underinflated when the light wasn't on. So as good as the tire pressure monitor systems are, it makes sense still to get a decent tire gauge. And you don't have to buy a really expensive one, but to get a decent tire gauge and measure the air pressure in the tires. So 
you know, get out there while the tires are cool. You don't want to do it after you just came off the highway because you're not going to get a good reading because uh, things will expand and contract and all that sort of stuff. So, um, so you want to be aware of that. And then uh, you're good to go. So that's what, uh, you know, what we found with some studies. So just something to be aware of. Um, I'm wondering what we got coming up in the next couple of weeks. I think we have... Somebody from carparts.com going to join us next week to talk about winter car care. i got to check on that. That was kind of a tentative one. The week after, uh, we have, uh, we, we're going to be talking to uh, Bobby from SeaTech. Uh, They're the company that makes the fast battery chargers. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, so we got a couple, got a couple people already kind of in the works here. We got a couple people that uh, tentatively set up for December. So we got a lot of things going on. So we have those kind of things going on f- uh, for that. We are also going to go. Um, we are also going to give away that gift certificate for in control. We're going to do that next week, I think. So we'll do that next week. So we'll be able to be able to check out that. And you know, uh, that's always that always tends to get the phones to ring off the hook when you have a chance to go take this course. And it is a very good course. So I highly recommend it. And you can you can you can learn a lot of you can learn a lot of good things. Some of the mail we got this week, uh, somebody has a 2008 Toyota Highlander. And um, the alarm goes off. And the alarm goes off when it's like one o'clock in the morning. So, you know, they hear it go off, they go out, they lock the car, unlock the car, it goes off again. Um, so what they've been doing is they've been leaving the car unlocked, which they don't want to do that. Um, on the Highlander, the most common thing is the hood latch is, is bad. The hood latch has a built-in switch. Uh, the switch usually goes bad, usually bad wiring. Um, the idea is that, you know, if you open up the hood, it's going to set the alarm off. The switch thinks it's bad. Uh, replacing the latch... Um, what's nice is if you have a good scan tool, if you have a really good scan tool, you can actually go into the system and read what the last thing that sh- that turned the alarm on. So you can look and go, oh, the alarm went on because the right rear door opened or the left front door opened when, in fact, it may have not opened at all, but it's just a bad switch. And if you had a really good scan tool, you could look and say that uh, the hood latch had actually set the alarm off. So. Uh, but the most common is the hood latch. You can always bypass it, I suppose, if you really wanted to. Um, I got an interesting email from somebody from Australia uh, that that got published this week. That got a few that got a few chuckles from people who who was who were reading it. Uh, somebody wrote in they have an older Toyota Corolla. It's making a puttering sound uh, or sputtering sound. I don't know if it's sputtering or puttering. But they said puttering, sort of a putt, putt, putt like a lawnmower. What could it be? What could have caused a change in the sound? Could be kind of anything, um, but more than likely some sort of an exhaust leak, I would think. Um, the Toyota Corollas have this flex pipe that um, connects between the front exhaust pipe and the catalytic converter. It is this flexible mesh over time. And where they say it's an older Corolla, or I don't know how old it is, that could have started to leak. Uh, and could be giving you that sort of sound, that noise that it can make. Um, somebody else writes in, and they have a uh, uh, 
they were, they were reading about the Mazda CX-90. They own a CX-9. It's been a good car. Is a CX-90 better or worse or just a refresh of the same car? And that's the one we talked about a few weeks ago that uh, uh, road tested the CX-90. Found it to be a very good car, and it may be the biggest Mazda that I've ever driven. It, it's a it's a big three-row SUV. It uses, uh, it uses something pretty unique, and they're apparently pretty proud of it. It's got a turbocharged straight-six cylinder. So it's not a V6. It's a straight-six. Um, and they're proud enough of it that they put it right on the side of the car. Uh, inline six-cylinder. Um, rear seat re- rear seat he- headroom was pretty good. Uh, you know, if you're really tall, it's gonna, uh, roof line slopes down a little bit, but I think you'll be okay. Um, interior, and this one was really nice. It was uh, well put together, very luxurious inside. Um, you know, that's what you, that's what you need. And one last question. Somebody said, I need new wiper blades for my car. I went to the auto parts store. I was confused. Yeah, there's a million of them. Buy something good. Buy Trico or Anco or Bosch. Good wiper blades are worth the money. Yeah, they've gone up in price just like everything else. But buy good wiper blades. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. And if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, now that could be an ambulance, a police car, a tow truck, Whatever the case is, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.